Hello and welcome to the LA Parent Podcast. I'm your host, Jorge Martin, and I'm a proud father of three daughters. We're all born and raised in Los Angeles, just like LA Parent. Our magazine has been a part of this community for more than 40 years, and we're truly honored that you've allowed us to be your companion on this wild ride. Parenting is not easy, but it is pretty incredible. In LA, we love this city, its diversity, its culture, its people. This podcast is about real parents having real conversations, moms and dads trying to figure it out day by day. We have invited parents, experts, community leaders, and celebrities to be interviewed in this space. We want you to find common ground with fellow parents and to learn from those who have made it their calling to support those of us raising kids in this city. We hope you enjoy the LA Parent Podcast, and please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for letting us ride along with you on this incredible journey. Let's get into part one of our interview with Lucky Diaz and Alicia Gaddis. Lucky Diaz and the Family Jazz Band are a big hit among kids for the way they blend catchy music and Latinx culture. Their music and PBS show, Lishi Lu and Lucky Two, have won awards and gained a massive following. On June 1, the children's book, Paletero Man, was released to further connect young people to the music and bring a spotlight to the constant in the neighborhoods, the ice cream man. At the heart of the music are the merry duo of Lucky Diaz and Alicia Gaddis, who also happen to be parents, parents of two. They're joining us today on the LA Parent Podcast. Welcome and bienvenidos, Alicia and Lucky. Thank you for joining us. Muchas gracias. So we're so, we're so excited to um, be here. It's yeah, an honor. Thank so thank you. you this for is having really us. exciting. Oh, this is this is a great time. And, you know, I mean, me being being Latino, growing from, you know, having the same uh, Mexican raza as you as you lucky. I just I love how Paletero Man is such a celebration of community. And, you know, lucky you grew up in Miami. You were born in Miami. You had stops in Northern California and Texas before, you know, settling in L.A. and making it big. You know, all places have all those places. They have different cultures and lifestyles. Can you tell us a little bit about what your childhood was like? Yeah, it was really. Thank you, thank you for that. Really, it means a lot to me to speak to other uh, Latinos, Latinx um, parents, uh, compadres, like uh, you know, fathers. Like I, you know, it's a real. You know, the work that I get to do, that we get to do, is something that I hold very dear to my heart. It's valued and rooted in. Um, you know, my own culture, all identity and our daughters and um, and me wanting to really express my pride de la raza y what it means to be a pocho or Chicano or, uh, you know, a creator, an artist in this very, you know, we share this very special um, experience of this cross-pollination culturally, you know, and it's like being Mexicano, being American. And I think that I get excited when the work represents that right and I try to think of how I can express myself in a way that I that my girls can be proud about and and also be excited about not just only my daughters but other kids and other parents to be like hey that's like us like they're they come from a similar place because it all it often feels alienating to be a cross-cultured person right like growing up I was you know how my parents had to assimilate and assimilate us very fast in American culture or quickly and it, I had a real struggle internally about how to be a proud Mexicano or, uh, and that's like I'm able to process it through the work and you know growing up in places like Miami and uh, Northern California and a little bit in Los Angeles and uh, in Texas like there's uh, this universal connection of Latin culture you know whether you're Mexicano or Cubano or 
you know, wherever you come in the Latin world, like we have this, this kingship, this, this brotherhood and like something that's very special. And I think that like, for me, that was like, it's, you know, it's a heroic story, right? Cause it takes a lot of heroism and courage to come to a place you don't know and to set out for, for a new life. And that's really the root of, of the story and the, and the root of our artistic story and the journey that we get to take, you know what I mean? For other parents, to, like I wanna connect with other parents like yourself and be like, how do we express our culture to our kids and how do we let, allow them to transform it too? Because we're evolving constantly and I think that's an exciting experience, you know, like I, I've been lucky enough to grow up in these very um, acute Latino, Latinx uh, communities, right? They have different flavors, but they're all the same. So like we have, you know, little different spices, but, you know, like in Miami, you know, my uncles are Cuban. And so like I have that experience. And for a while, I thought I was Cubano when I was a little kid growing up in, in Miami, like, uh, you know, my eating Cuban food and experiencing because my dad grew up in Key West for part of his childhood. And so like I just thought we were Cubanos and then we go to California and we're talking about concrete, you know, cortaditos, y, you know, like all these like foods that like all the other Mexican, even the Mexicans in my own family, like they can't us, man. We don't we don't eat that stuff like that's like that's cute. You're not Cuban, you're Mexican. But it's been fun to infuse that. And so that's what our also our work is an infusion. It's a mix, right? It's a mix of uh, American culture, Alicia's culture, my culture, and like Chicano culture, you know, because I'm so proud of being of Chicano, like, you know, low riding culture and LA and the California dream. I really want it to permeate and be really glowing in, in the work that we get to do because it's so fun. And there's a dream, there's a real, there's a, I always say there's a real special way, the way the sun shines in Southern California. It's very special. And I hope that that kind of translates into the work we do, whether it's a picture book with Micah illustrating or us doing music or a TV show, but I don't know. It comes from a very sincere place, I think, but thank you for that question. But that's where I feel like all those things cross pollinate to make it, you know? So I just have one question because Cubanos and Mexicanos have very different ideas on spice. So where are you on the spice meter? <laughs> When he goes to food. Dude. I, 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 yeah, you know, like, I'm <laughs> bravo. I want really hot. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny, but like, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, well, any chile is good chile. So, you know, if you have a, you know, if you have a sandwich, I remember like living in Boston and having a sandwich, and like, ¿Dónde están los chiles? Like, ¿tienen un jalapeño aquí? Or what? They're like, no, we don't have it. What? You know, you know I, I want one that more that. You know, I want to have one right next to my sandwich. So, yeah, I definitely need hot. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's true. Yeah. So Alicia, I mean, you grew up in the Midwest, came out to came out to West to make it, and and you have. Can you tell us about you know memories about growing about growing up, kind of like how they've helped to shape you, and just kind of the how how things were when you moved out west, and kind of the explosion of culture here. Yeah, thanks for that question. I, I did grow up. We're actually sitting right now in our home in the Midwest. So we, Lucky and I kind of come out to the Midwest as much as we can because he fell in love with it when he met me living in Los Angeles, which we're based in Los Angeles. But growing up in the Midwest, I was given kind of that idyllic Midwestern Southern life. You know, my dad is a football coach. Um, he's about to retire. My mom was the kindergarten teacher. So I grew up, you know, a a straight A student who was a cheerleader and in the student council and did theater. And I grew up in such a small, in such a small sheltered way 
that it, in a way it was detrimental because I didn't know anything of the world outside my bubble. But in a, in a beautiful way, I was able to be creative and make mistakes and, and, and do it in a protected way. So I was able, you know, I, I can't imagine growing up with like the technology of making art as a kid and then instantly putting it on like YouTube or TikTok and having that like pressure like my friends and I would just make up shows and fail and and dream and so I actually moved to New York City to go to New York University right out of um out of college or out of high school and I was living in New York for quite some time and that was my first foray into like a real cultural experience you know I lived um in the Lower East Side for a really long time and then Spanish Harlem and Harlem always in the island of Manhattan and it was, I, I always tell the story about, I lo- like, I had never heard of hummus. I'd never heard of hummus. I never, so I went to Mamoon's, which is like a famous place for falafel. And you, you have those emotional memories of, of trying something that just is so tantalizing and opens you up to another culture. I had like baba ganoush with honey and fal- or with, uh, with hummus and falafel and a pita. And I remember thinking like, what is this world? And why have I not had this in the Midwest? <laughs> And I think I've always been a traveler at heart. So from there, I was in I, I was in New York City, and then I moved to Italy, and I lived there for a while. Then I lived in Australia for a long time, and I was working at the Sydney Opera House, um, performing. And then I moved to Los Angeles to um, be on a television show that ended up getting canceled. And I was about to move back to New York City to do Broadway, and I was doing a lot of off-Broadway Um, live stage stuff and that's when I met Lucky and like at the time you know Los Angeles it they it was for me a slow burn because I think I've gone I've gone to these cities that were more compressed like New York you walk out the street outside the street and the neighborhoods weren't as disjointed you know you walk out and there's like there's more of an infusion of socioeconomics and um, to me and with, you know, there's still neighborhoods, but I was more kind of thrust in, in the tight space. And in LA, you're like, wait, is it just the beach over here? And then there's the Valley over here. And then, but it took me time to realize, Oh, everything is, everything's over 20 minutes. You just have to get used to the car ride with traffic, you know? And so it's only only 20 minutes. minutes. I'll be there in 20 minutes. You're like an hour later, but my love for Los Angeles blossomed really with the love of my husband. You know, we've been to get, we, we've been living, I've been living in Los Angeles for 15 years and we've been together for over 12. So we've like, we've lived in all these different cities all over from Los Feliz to South Pasadena to K-Town, you know, back again. And you see the beautiful, rich, diverse, interesting spaces and foods and people. There's everything. So I can, I mean, now I, I used to always miss New York. I'd be like, oh, when can I move back to New York City? When can I do this? And now I'm like, I can never go back there. I love, no offense, New York, I love you. But like now Los Angeles like really has our hearts and the fact that we're raising our daughters there. Like they really identify with being Angelinos and also Midwesterners because we come here and they also think they're, you know, they're, they're all the things like we're raising our daughter who's five right now as a citizen of the world, you know, before the pandemic, we travel, she's already been to six countries and 33 states. And I think being who we are and infusing our lifestyle into like a bilingual 
home with strong roots allows us to go into the world and experience and appreciate all the things more fully. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, I, you know, I love how songs, how, how your, your songs, Piñata Man, I mean, Piñata Attack song, Paletero Man, you know, Pan Dulce, Taco Tuesday. I mean, they're bilingual. They're a celebration <laughs> of Mexican <laughs> culture. Yes. Hey, you know what? It's Mexican culture. It's going to be food. <laughs> <laughs> Can you all tell me, how has that reach been beyond the Latino and Latina families? And uh, it, was it at all kind of almost like a little bit surprising? Yeah, I think, you know, like, I think all at this point in my life, I think like all good things, they start from sincere good places, you know, and I often, I, people often ask like, how do you make it in music? Or how do you make it? How do you make it? Whatever that looks like. And I think that it's all about just, if you like it, if you love it, if it makes you excited, then it's something, there's some energy there. There's an energy that, 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 that affects people, you know, in a positive way. And, you know, to me, like it all kind of started with with our eldest daughter, Ella, like my we went to San Antonio and my mom. And at that point, we were, we were doing music and we hadn't done a Spanish record yet. And my mom's like, hey, like, you know, she kind of pulled me aside and said, hey, you know, Ella, she doesn't know. No sabe de pan dulce, no sabe de, de, de esto, de todo. And like, hey, like, have you like thought about making some songs? Like my mom's not scolding me, but kind of like, you know, mira, you got to get it together, Nino. And so like, I was like, yeah, you're right. I should do that. Like, why, why not? And from, it all really started from there. And, you know, it's exciting to, I guess to answer your question, it's exciting to see how it's touched non-Latinos, like in knowing what, even what a paleta is. Like I remember on Instagram, like a few years ago, a family went to Walt Disney World and they tagged us in a, in a, in a post where they, they, for the first time had a paleta because they had a, pal a, pal a paletero cart at Disney World and it said paletas for sale. And they were like, paletas, that's what paletas are. And they, they held them and they tasted them and, they, and it, they experienced them, right? And that was so special to me because to me, a paleta is like something you walk out your door like and, you know, lo compras ahí por un dólar. And it's like, hey, it's like water, it's kamawa, you know, it's like whatever, right? And so like, it's ubiquitous in life. And so to know, and then when we go to Asia, like Japan or China, they don't even know what that is. It's like well, they're like, what, 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 what's a piñata? There's no translation in Chinese for piñata. Well, what happened with the piñata is we were on stage and I usually introduce the songs. Like I talk about the songs. And I said, oh, imagine there's a piñata. You've got a stick and you're going to hit this stick <laughs> and the candy and we're going to get all the candy and we're in a stadium. And usually like, you know, it's, the images are projected and it's filled it's like 5,000 kids and all this stuff and there's no reaction we're just like they're all just like sitting there and after we came back on stage I was like Bex to the producer like what happened why why didn't they have a ha have a thing with the pinata and she was like there's no such thing as a pinata here there are absolutely like no references they don't sell pinatas in China here is the thing so they were like we had to rephrase like imagine there's a ball a giant ball with candy and that's still you know like these concepts even though they're small, they're also large in the universality. But I think that it's also a great opportunity for us to be ambassadors of the cultura, you know, like you know, culture, like in other places, like, and the Japanese, I admire so much in their cultural, like, and not, I mean, I love Japanese culture, but it's also very interesting how they love Mexican culture in Japan. Like, I'm so interested by it, you know, like their love of things Chicano and lowrider and everything. It's just like, so it's an extension of like, I'm really, 
really interested in how they really react and how isn't that the human experience, right? To be excited and motivated and surprised by something you don't really recognize. I think that's exciting for me. And so like, I think like I forget how it gets me to, to also appreciate how beautiful my own upbringing was when, you know, I just kind of took, I, didn't, I don't want to say I took things for granted, but you kind of do, right? It's like, oh, it's una piñata, no más son tacos, ahí es el menudo, like whatever. Like, it's just kind of life, right? And not to speak for you, but like, correct me if I'm wrong, it took a long time for you to rope in those experiences and realize that they were like how important they really were, like how important they are. Yeah, I guess I didn't really recognize it because I just thought like, okay, well, you know, when you're growing up, you're you're like trying to fit in or like, you know, all, and I have been able to process like making this work, being even more proud of, of my cultural roots and uh, more so than even before. So every time I get to make a song that, that Pandurce, like I do all this research, like how many Pandurce flavors are there? Or how many paletas are there? Or who, or where do you get them? Or los colores, los sabores, de todo. Like I want to talk about it all, like the, the sense, the visual part of it. Like it's, it really excites me to, to present it in a frame, like a painting, you know? It's just like an audible, like an audio, audio of, of you know uh painting in a frame so, true. Yeah. like one of the things he does love we're working on a pandulce book and we went we ordered multiple uh pandulces from different panaderias <laughs> So I, I wanted to ask you about the show, Lishi Lu and Lucky Two. I mean, it's gained such a life of its own over the last, I think, what, eight years. Um, I, I think it, it is eight years, right? Yeah. Like uh, time goes by quickly. Amazing. So how has being on PBS helped you reach even more children and their families? Well, I guess like, I mean, it's it, obviously it's tell, the media is different now. So the TV format, it's, it's kind of all over, right? So everything is television and streaming is TV, it's also cross-pollinated. So, but I think having a visual element, Alicia is so incredible she, in, in, in presenting and acting and performing. So it was a real natural uh, creation to be able to make something that, that we can work on together, you know? And, and she really leads that. And like, I, I just try not to make her look bad, <laughs> honestly. And no, but we get to work with our friends. And I think that's also another thing that the show is really about is it's made from love with the love of friends in Los Angeles yeah. um, that contribute their talents and efforts because you know it's only a success because they're a success and so we are able to do it and it's fun we yeah. get to do it together and it's yeah it's it's definitely challenging I, and I think at the good. time I mean because Lucky's very kind that was very sweet of him but it's true though because you went my, to acting yeah, school yeah my background is like, acting you're an actor, and like, so I like I started off being in the band with him because he did not want to be on stage at all like my husband you wouldn't believe it people are like really like is the most introverted person like loves a dinner party where he only has to talk to like two people but if you put him in a room so we used to have yeah, I'm, a, I'm always that awkward the awkward dad at the kids party that like just walking around yeah, looking at stuff and, you know like but, I'm like who's that man that guy is oh but he was like please just do this with me because like I like my background's acting and still is like I that's but she, you're amazing with the kids you're oh, amazing yeah, with so an audience like i love doing you know that. So like i grew up you know out. like doing like shoegazer music you know like nirvana you know like you know what i, I mean would not, like, i'd make him practice it like, smile smile now it comes like naturally now it's, it's e now it's easier yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's easier so with but. the television show like he said we like 
always we were kind of it it, it just ha we made it ha we made it happen with all our friends who you know had pizza and some beers and and pulled together everyone like like you said and all our friends happened to be amazing at what they do and they all believed in something and we did it and then we shopped it around and the fact that it was on pbs was a really great home because it's what both of us grew up on like i only had pbs you know so to be part of that legacy in a small way is incredible like free and it's I mean, available free for, yeah, for free people i mean there's youtube and stuff now but sometimes you need bandwidth even for that you need to have internet connection or something and the cool thing about pbs is that it goes into people's homes for free yeah. they just need a television set but i think like at the heart of it we're still just two kids in our neighborhood <laughs> making like nickel shows with the other kids in the neighborhood you know what i mean like that's it's the same hustle like it's just more serious or something it's a little bit more experienced i guess but we're still like hey you want to be in a play <laughs> what, what? Yeah. my brother and i used to, my brother and i grew up like being and i know alicia grew up this way too like gathering up all neighborhood kids and putting on a show like okay so we're gonna do a song and dance number and yeah, that's you awesome. know it, and so we're doing the same thing like, as this for a grown-up and grown -up i'll tell, I'll tell you something about the show that this is an inside situation which i don't know if we tell people so our dear friend preston mewey who is now in hamilton he's like a big deal in hamilton on broadway he was our choreographer for those shows and we did 26 episodes in three days he, in three days that's how much money we had that's how much time in the studio we had so we did <laughs> like 26 no no episodes and we had <laughs> learned the choreography so he would listen to the song while we were acting then he's standing in front of the camera doing the moves in real time while we and so a lot of it you'll see lucky just without the, the guitar because like he's like the moves no i just much. say like i'm just gonna yeah, i'm just like, gonna go like let me hold the guitar, the guitar. like you'll notice yeah. when we do the songs like he's like I, has a guitar because he was like i don't know what to do with my hands because preston who's like a broadway star now was like in the yeah, front of the camera like doing it in real time so it's yeah. like we were hustling we're always hustling but it's fun it's making just it up. making it up. We I have think. so much fun. We yeah, so I guess it's just like we're just still kids at heart doing it again. I, I think that's what it is. That's I mean, like our ultimate goal to get to do all that kind of stuff with our friends every day. Like right. if that, like if that's like that's it for for kids and family and you know, yeah, make art. Because I think encouraging even parents to be to have to give they need to give themselves permission to be silly. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's already difficult enough to be a parent. Like be silly like and I feel like our alter egos or characters or whatever we play and our music and stuff I think I'm hope my hope is that it encourages parents to be like you know listen to a song like yeah these like like just be silly like just ridiculous you know what I mean because yeah. I feel like that's at the root of that's a really of, good thing about you I think is lucky is a very serious person he's right. very serious but when he plays with our daughter his imagination and true silliness like he allows it to be because he's both you're both of those things like i'm pretty much the same all the time i guess like but that, he's like no but that's true like, i think when know? we get to play there's a lot of children that sit in the back and are quiet and don't smile and are just kind of observing and then we'll have a parent come up and say like oh i'm really sorry you know like you know our our our, our daughter really enjoy it even if she you know even if she doesn't show it and my response is like that's me. I know. I know. I'm this. Yeah. I'm your child. I'm that same yeah. person because I'll sit in the back and I, when I was a kid, I was real shy. I'm always, I'm still a shy person, but you taught I, me that. Yeah. I would sit in the back and just be kind of like, just kind of like taking it all in and really enjoying it. Even, I think even to some extent, I'm still that way now. Yeah. And so, so it, it touches my heart to know that like I can connect that way. You know what I mean? Cause I'm that same way. And I hope that the, 
I don't even connect. It's the work that gets to connect with with folks, and I think that that makes it special for me. You know, that's the that's what I get to take away from it. But yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. You know, we talk to so many working couples and couples who work. You know, I've talked to a few who work together. What's your secret to being able to you know, <laughs> <laughs> work together? And <laughs> I think delicious patience is what the secret is. I mean. That's, that's a good I question. Mean, I don't have a good We answer. spend all of our time together. So when the pandemic hit, it wasn't like you're hearing all these couples like, yeah. oh, I have to spend all my time. Like, I, this, I, we haven't, we spent all of our time together, like, aside from, you know, save going to the bathroom or something. I mean, you know. <laughs> I make him close the door. Um, I think, I think we're both really, really opinionated and strong-willed for better or for worse till death do us part. But um, I think we both have different working. We both, we always, we always truly have the same goal. Like we always want the same type of thing, whether it's like the same kind of food for dinner, the same museum, the same vacation we choose. We're very similar in what what our standards are different about how to get to Dallas destinations (laughs) we're just like we may want to go to the same happy town but we have like different there are different avenues to go I'm like oh you gotta you gotta go down uh a street and then make a left on the Brea. she's like oh no 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 you gotta take the 110 like uh, you know so and and nobody like nobody frustrates me more than my husband like he he is like not on time he is I'm on Mexican side he is like has like our (laughs) phone like our phones he has like three thousand red dots like unread messages where mine's like perfectly clean and has no uh, notifications but no one inspires me more with his with their work with their work ethic my husband is working i mean people may be like oh it's easy he wrote some songs for one song one book there are like eight million ideas that failed and he is working working you work the same way well we do but in different ways again I mean, I just think it's like, and we love each other. Like we, we really, I mean, we, we really love each other. I think we get to evolve together. I think all married couples either decide that they're going to evolve together or they're going to evolve separately. And I think that the former is, is a success and the latter's could be, you know, pretty tough. So like, I think that we are both different people than we were when we met, but we have been able to evolve and learn together, you know, to get, you know, and I have, you know, we have a deep respect for each other. And I'm always inspired by like, people that just make things and nobody makes as many things and great things as my wife does. And so like, I, she always pushes me like, she's always like making stuff. And I, like, I always wanted to be with someone that made things. And so like, to me, like, that inspires me like that. And I'm like, hey, you asked for this. So like, you better get on board. You know, that's, that, that, that's where I'm at with it. Because, you know, it's like, the, you know, you be careful for what you wish for. But I'm very, I'm very excited about that. He says this to me all the time. No, but He's I, like, I wish for you. I didn't know I was getting it in this way. I mean, so it's like, I, yeah. I you know, we, we, it works. We, and we, we definitely experience like our highest of the highs together and our lowest of the lows. And so like, we just kind of, keep going on that like you said but the I, same path i will say you're more giving alicia's more generous because i'm i'm more selfish with time and things i'm more like i gotta i have to shut this down i'm not good at multitasking uh, so she's definitely very forgiving about um a lot of things you know so yeah <laughs> i did not pay him to say that no it's true though that's true that's true because i don't think a lot of folks can tolerate me anyways so. no well that's not true you're very well yeah we're just different in good ways you yeah. know like 
And, I and you know. said forget forgiving. I mean, I think forgiveness is uh, paramount to happy marriage. So, no, you're right. No, it is. I mean, because like constantly making mistakes is what I do, and I think you know we both do. I mean, we both really learn together. You know, I think. Yeah, I want to. I yeah, I just yeah. And I, also like parenting together. We've. I mean, Ella is my stepdaughter, and I met her when she was four, and she's almost seventeen. She's seventeen now. She's almost eighteen. Yeah, she's almost eighteen. So like, and now our daughter, um, our biological daughter, is five years old. So I met Ella at almost the same time that Indiana is now, and the time you know goes like by, by in a snap. But to to have the like we get we have are having the same parenting experiences all over again which is we're older and hopefully wiser with that age gap it's a 12 you know it's a big big age gap it's a 12 year age gap between the two and this they're different stages i mean i don't know how old your girls are or your kids are but they, they there's different parts of it right there's the little baby part yeah. and the toddler part and then the beginning school part and then you're in the school part yeah. and then, you know, like, and then you're trying to figure out what are they, what, what, how can we support them in their, in their life quest, whatever they're yeah, deciding to do, you it's know, crazy so cause we're all Indiana is going to go into kindergarten and Ella's going to be a senior. So we're like at the two ends of the spectrum. So we're like, I hope we, like, we better get it together. We have to get another one to senior year. Like we need to, like, <laughs> let's forgive and talk about it. Cause we got a whole other 12 years to go to get this done, yeah, have, you know? <laughs> yeah, so you get heat though, man. I, I'm already getting too old. I haven't no, you're handsome though. So we'll get, we'll get old together. Hopefully. Oh. <laughs> So I wanted to ask about Paletero Man, um, kind of turning a song into this children's book and uh, kind of what was the spark to, to do that? And kind of how are you hoping to kind of reach readers uh, in, the, in this book? Well, it's funny. I know it's kind of a natural progression to like associate both, but they're two different things. And like I had a really fun experience in creating both of them. I think the, the likeness that they share is that they're both rooted in my inspiration for and love of our culture you know and like and the story of 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 being an immigrant of being a hero of being a being in a community you know and it's like i remember you know it's funny because my dad living in k-town i told my dad we were living in k-town and um and my dad you know he's like kind of a man of few words like and he doesn't share a lot of his past and he's like k-town huh and he's like you know, what, what, what part of K-Town are you in? And I was like, oh, we're on 8th Street and 8th and Catalina, Fedora, like in between there. And, uh, and he's like, oh, that, he's like, hey, is there, a, is there a restaurant down the street like called Dino's? It's on Pico. And I'm like, oh, that's a few blocks over. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, that's cool. And what about this place? And I was like, how do you know so much what about-, about this school? Oh, what about this school? He's like, where's Brando? He's like, you know, he's like, where's the school? And I'm like, how do you know so much about this neighborhood? And he's like, well, you know, I, I used to live there. And I was like, you used to live here. And he's like, when he first got to Cal, when he first got to a lot to the United States, this is where he arrived. He arrived in this exact neighborhood that I was now living with our own family. And it was like really yeah, inspired, no, no man, idea. because like, I was like, and he was reminiscing about like the shop owners and is this store still here? And like this liquor store and, and like his, his life, he was like getting into it. Like, all, like it was like all this like really cathartic experience that I was talking to my dad and he was really like had all this pride like oh you got to go here you got to go there like is this you know this park over here and and at the same time we're going out like every day because our schedules are pretty liberal 
like going to the park to get out, you know, seeing it Paratero every day. And well, if you follow also um, in the book, like the photos of the, the street vendors, there's a picture of um, a dog uh, that Micah just slayed. There's a, um, he illustrated a mother and a daughter selling flowers by the, by the shop and next to Cre by the Korean barbecue. Literally Lucky took pictures of those people on our walk to the park to the Palatero man where we go and, and but just documenting life just being like hey you know like uh, you know having uh, Indiana with her her tamal oh hey like do you want a tamale today like oh, she's like she wants a tamal every day uh, every day and like <laughs> like day. you know eh, la abuelita ahí con los tamales and you know like oh you know and so they're part of our community and like Palatero Man, the song already existed. And I was like, a well, a long time ago. And I was like, because I love paletas, I love food. You know, like it was just like happening. But this real narrative really came to life. And it was like really connecting because like with my dad and our own girls and like our community there, these real people, like we we're like, how can I tell this story? Like, how can this story be told? Like, and Alicia's the one, like, she was the one was like, hey, you got to write, you got to write this Palatero Man book. Like, you got to do this. And like, you know, she's already accomplished author, already writing and stuff. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Like, you know, it's like a special thing. She's like, you, you know, I'll help you out. Just like, you know, I'll guide you through it. Just go ahead and get it together. And it, and the stanza started coming together, you know, but the story was just like every day. And like, these are real people. Miss Lee at the Korean barbecue. That's a real person. Theo Ernesto. And then Los Tamales I eat. Like, that's a real dude. Like Frank's Tire Shop, they're inspired by real people. Like, and the me, like in this day and age where everything is so, uh, you know, virtual, I, I think the sense of community is so important in a place like LA that's everything's so sprawling. And yeah. we think we don't really have a community, but you know, like our community right there, you know, like they're, we just don't, they may not be or look like the same or think they're not the same as we believe. So our, our nuestros vecinos son diferentes, pero son iguales. They're different, but they're the same. Like, we need these people because I can tell you what on that Tuesday when we walk out, y la abuelita uh, con los tamales no está ahí. Like, oh, it's a disaster. Like, uh, the, like the, the function of the neighborhood or the community gets gets uh, disturbed and it's upsetting, I, right? I and also, so, I, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong again. Like, I think also being in that neighborhood really with knowing with your dad reinvested you in a big way back to your like roots and being like a Chicano and a, because you walk down those two blocks. And like he said, it was all street vendors. And we, I had never lived in a part of Los Angeles that really was immersed in that culture of the street vending culture. Like, boom, you walk out, you're like in the smells, you know, the every day Indiana would go to the lady, oh, hola, hola, abuela. And she'd be like, hola, niña, manzana. And she'd be like, gracias. And we walked to the park to the tamale lady. It was like part of our every single day that, and every one of those, whether they were immigrants or like that, the people there make, making a living for their family, the hard work, the dedication, and what we were trying to show our daughter that how valuable the street the, well, the, was. And I didn't know either, like it was something that I learned about, like, it's the street food vending culture and uh, the genesis of street food vending in on in Los Angeles on a street and the history that that was because I didn't really know about that and uh, luckily we have a friend uh, Leanna Hildago Newton doctor who, yeah doctora la doctora Masvina shout out she that's what that's <laughs> on Instagram she's this brilliant uh, Chicano's 
um, you know, studies, uh, studies uh, doctorate at UCLA. And she's and one of our dearest friends and that's wonderful. One, yeah. And she was like, oh, dude, like I'm telling her about, about Little Man, the book. And like, and she's like, well, you know, yes, that was right. Like, that's where it all like it all the breast the birthplace of street food, immigrant street food vending. And I'm like, wow, like it's just like it all it all came full circle for me. So it's my dad's story, our family's story, the story of Los Angeles. Right, man. Like even talking about it gets me like emotional because it's like like, you know, oftentimes L.A. gets put in a place like there's no culture in L.A. There's so much culture in so L.A. Much. It maybe it doesn't look like what people think it looks like or whatever the definition of culture yeah. is. But like, dude, like that's the culture. And, and to know that, like my own dad, like was tasting those flavors, too, like as a young man with potentially family members of the same street vendors that are still there and the shop owners. Right. That to me, that that anthropology, that familial connection is something that's so profound, you know, and to, and to share that with Harper Collins, really seeing the beauty in that story makes me so moved because it's like, it's, you know, when I'm growing up, when I was growing up, you were a brown person as well. You don't see brown people in children's books. You didn't see brown or black people in children's books, right? You saw other things. And so now like that story, to see that story and other stories like it, like being told is like, my hats off and my my sincere uh, gratitude to Harper Collins for seeing that story, you know, because and it's especially in these very polarized days, these polarizing times where where the narrative isn't about the heroism of, of immigrants, it's about the detrimental like framework that they put them in, you know, like oh well they're here to do this or that. And to me, I have an, an un, uh, unwavering pride because my dad is an immigrant and, and I'm a son of immigrants and it's my story, it's, it's our story as a community, you know, it makes, and it, it all ties in. So to answer your question also, it did ties into the music too because it's rooted in the same thing, which is cultural, like Chicano cultural pride. So un pocho, like I'm not displaced, I'm proud of being a pocho. I'm proud of my Spanglish. I'm proud of where I, who it is I am. And that's hard to find pride in sometimes where either side doesn't want you so you have to create your own you know like i'm this so what that's who i am okay i'm right here right my own mom called me a pocho i'm proud about it it's okay like my mom like you know like hey mira acá, ven acá, pocho. like it's okay like and to me the, the if the work is pochoism it's chicanism it's just like it's all of these things like it's it's original and that is so special, right? Like just like our relationship and our work is original together. So it's like, it's something new that didn't exist before. And isn't that what's so beautiful about Mexican American culture? You know, like it's, you know, when people talk about like Mexican food being Americanized, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's see what we got, you know? Like it, it could be profound, you know? Like who knows? Like, and it, it is like, because then that joy is spread over more people and so it evolves and it transforms into something that we're so proud about. I'm so proud of a taco. I haven't had a taco that I didn't really love. I mean, whether <laughs> yeah. it's a Chaco taco, uh, you know, uh, LA taco, San Francisco taco, a taco, a taco, Bell del taco. You had taco. tacos like, for I'm, breakfast whatever. today. Like, yeah, had you have we have tacos every day in our own house. I don't know. Who knows what's in them every day? <laughs> I, have them. I mean, I just think it's a, it's a human, the human experience of sharing culture and evolving as humans, you know, like regardless. As we evolve. Oh, yeah, as we as, as, regardless of where we come from, we're all creating new things, you know? And I mean, just like your household, I, I don't know, but in our household, we're creating new traditions and they're rooted in both of our upbringings, you know? And oh, absolutely. 
you know, and that, and that to me is something that's so special, you know, like, I don't know, but so it's a story of community, transformation, love and acceptance, heroism and, and the dream, you know, because what, I mean, without dreaming, no tienes vida, like, isn't life the dream? Like, you know, so every day we get to wake up and that's a dream all in itself, you know? You know, because my mom always asked me, ¿Cómo manesiste? Like, she'll ask me if I call her, I'm like, ¿Cómo manesiste? And I tell her, pues manesí, I woke up. So like, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're already batting a thousand, you know? So <laughs> it's like, I'm already awake. So I yeah, hope people yeah. get to read the story and are moved in a similar fashion and at least see that like, the beauty of community, we all must, we've all been in a position that we needed help and that gets us through. And I think yeah. that that's the real, the base of the story. You know what I mean? We always, we go through life and we, there are moments we, every single one of us needs a hand. So like. And, there, and a moments where we can all give a hand. Yeah, exactly. You so know, I think those little important. moments where, you know, there's like, the, the, it's a, a book about a micro level story that works on a macro level. Yeah. You know? I love it. I love it. Me encanta. Uh, no, so dude, I, and that means a lot to me that you, it resonates with you, dude, really, because like we have a semblance and I think that that like really, that, that I'm grateful for that, dude, because I'm so, I'll be honest, like it's very, uh, it's very nerve wracking in La Raza to make things that are based in our cultural identity, right? And because I want to frame it in the most respectful, beautiful way that I can when I make this stuff, you know, and I want it to be received by people like yourselves that like, like everyone like in a way that's like oh man like with a sense of ownership like i know that 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 and that makes me so happy you know when i read people like tag online or you see things online like i grew up in la i know what that's like or like hey i'm mexican i know what that's like and like that's why you know that that so to me like we you know we have a, a likeness and i appreciate the fact that it resonates with you so thank you you know thanks for sharing that anyways you know Oh, and for the record, my favorite flavors of paleta are piña and limón. So, <laughs> you like a little tangy flavor, a little yes. citrus. In it. <laughs> yeah, much more than the much more than the extra sweet. So, give me the, give me a little yeah, bit of the tanginess. That's good. That's good. Piña, piña is orchata. Orcha, orcha, yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, I like horchata, Jamaica. I like any any of. I do like the fruit. Now they have fancy paletas. That's the other thing I'm oh. learning about. They have all these fancy paletas, so paleteros are making fancy paletas. Yeah, it's funny though, like, because our, our youngest, she, you know, knows the book and we're obviously she's been a part of it and helping as she is with all of our work. We run all our ideas by her. Now she constantly justifies having a paleta. Like she's like, can I have a paleta in the shower? Because it's for work. And I'm like, okay. Like I'm sorry, she's like, yeah, she's like, I gotta research the flavors. She'll go into the aisles and be like, we haven't tried this flavor, mama. Like, you know, and she's like, I'm gonna come, mama, come look. And like, can I have this one? I'm like, all right. I mean, it's also like, you know, you know, people like there's a, it's all the, the story is also about the unsung hero of like, you know, that, that you ever take a kid to a park and promise them an ice cream or an helado and they're, and the ice cream person isn't there. Well, I mean, the fact that they're there is is heroic you know what i mean <laughs> it's like and to me that's something that like also resonates with me that i hope people take away with i gotta you know from reading it but that's it for part one of our interview with lucky diaz and alicia gaddis thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to the la parent podcast on whatever platforms you get your podcasts we have some amazing guests coming up and check out our website at laparent.com for fun and educational events both virtual and in person safe travel tips, parenting and educational resources, and so much more. 
We update with new articles every day. And follow us on Facebook by liking our LA Parent page. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at LA Parent Mag. You can find me at Jorge Martin 17 on Twitter. Again, thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Remember to enjoy your family and take some time for yourself. We need that as parents. We'll talk with you next time.